0: Hello and welcome to Cannon and Cockrell. My name is Michael and I'm a Spurs fan.
1: And I'm Jason and I'm an Arsenal fan.
0: And uh, the season is over. Spurs finished 7th and qualified for the uh, Europa Conference League. Arsenal in 8th and have no European football, I think, for the first time in 25 years. Maybe Jason will correct me there. Um, Jason, how do you feel about how Arsenal's season finished and the season as a whole?
1: It's quite funny because I, at the point where Leicester were winning on the final day and Arsenal were winning, I thought, I was getting my head around it and saying, well, it's Europe, we won't be embarrassed on that front, it's a competition, maybe we'll win it, we can put out some reserves. And I was starting to get a bit like, you know, okay, I can get my head around it. And then when everything flipped, I was a bit like, ha, Spurs, rubbish tournament, you know, Conference League. And starting to convince myself that actually, maybe next year without Europe, you know, a week between uh, between games, Arteta can get coaching the players. They can have rests, um, and you go full out. And you know what? Your there's no distractions or excuses. You know, the the cups are are nice to have, but you know, it's all out Premier League. So in a way, whilst whilst it's disappointing and slightly embarrassing, I think there are there are. Uh, there are positives which we've seen with Chelsea and Liverpool in the past and and I guess conversely to flip it to you I mean we were messaging throughout and I'm not sure you knew how to feel at that moment in time.
0: No I mean it is nice that and I I really I should have opened with this and stressed this at the beginning that this is now the fifth season in a row where Spurs have finished above Arsenal which considering how many years Arsenal finished above Spurs it is nice now that we have this consistent run of, of finishing above you um, and to, to stop you from celebrating that god-awful St. Totteringham's Day. It's uh, um, it's
1: not a trophy.
0: Well, well no, but it, I find it interesting that Arsenal have a whole day named after finishing above Spurs. And yet, despite the fact we've done it five years in a row now, we still haven't come up with a name, almost as if it's not as big a deal for us as it is for you. I don't know. It seems like the Arsenal fans, like you said, when it looked like you were going to finish above us, all this talk about the Conference League seemed to fall by the wayside. And then when it flipped again, it's kind of like, oh, well, we, we don't want Conference League anyway. I mean, to kind of echo your your thoughts in regards to Arsenal, it was quite a topsy-turvy final day. And I think both of us were probably wrapping our head you know whatever happened either way we would have found a way to say oh actually that's what we really wanted you know go oh well we didn't want conference league anyway and i must admit there was a brief period of of that day when uh we were losing to leicester uh chelsea were losing to villa and i thought oh it would be really annoying to have to hear saint totteringham's day again after going four years without it but if uh, finishing below Arsenal means that they get stuck in the Conference League and even better, Chelsea miss out in the Champions League, then maybe that's a price I'd be willing to pay. But then as soon as Bale scored those goals late on, I was like, oh no, actually, it, it just felt so wrong, even for a few minutes, seeing that table, seeing us below you. And I thought, no, that would that would really hurt. It'd be kind of the, the icing on this terrible cake of a season if we were to finish below Arsenal again. And I feel it like does. we just... Yeah, I mean, it does say a lot, the fact that we were even in that, that that had
1: that chance to even finish above you, considering our worst season ever and uh, the arrogance of Spurs awarding themselves the league title in November. So yeah,
0: <laughs> pretty good. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, and, but that's the other thing that's nice from our perspective as well, because this has been in terms of league position, our worst season since the 08-09 season when we started with two points from eight games. So it's kind of nice to know that we can be that bad and still finish above Arsenal I feel like it's kind of a reflection of how far we have risen and how far you've fallen but to address the Conference League thing which I know you're going to want to ask me about obviously we both said before it was something neither of us wanted to be in but like you were saying when you were kind of talking yourself into it and maybe this is just because I've talked myself into it I feel like like you said it is a European competition and do you know what whatever like put out put out the kids put out the reserves there's kind of no expectations on it if we win it great it's a trophy I mean I'm sure you won't take it seriously or recognize it as a trophy if we win it but it's a winnable trophy or we just use it as a chance to develop younger players or or try out the reserves and if we go out then no one really cares because there's no sort of big expectation around it no one really you know it'd be interesting to see what it's like it's first ever season whether it is something people get interested in or not but I kind of feel like well Hopefully it won't be too damaging to our season. Obviously, I'd rather have... I mean, it's more really as, as a match-going fan, I, I don't want to be going to matches on a Sunday all the time. I don't like the Thursday-Sunday rhythm. And I'd rather, particularly with a new manager coming in, whoever that may be, um, I'd rather they have a free week, like you were saying with Arteta and Arsenal, to really focus on the Premier League. But maybe it's kind of famous last words here. I feel like it won't be too damaging or disruptive i hope because i feel like we'll treat it not disrespectfully but i feel like we will use it as an opportunity to as i said give younger players some experience and i mean i even heard uh, two separate people on two separate podcasts say why don't they just give ryan mason and the under 23s a conference league Like, i don't know whether we'd be allowed to do that in the rules of the competition but just be like look you take this with the youth team And then whatever happens, happens. You know, if you go and win it, amazing, incredible. And if you don't, well, it doesn't matter. We're just using it as experience. It'd be interesting to see how we approach it. Obviously, it's a bit of a a joke at our expense being Champions League finalists a couple of years ago now in this. But I think I said before, as soon as this competition was announced, I thought, well, that's got Spurs written all over it. And I look forward to us being knocked out in the first knockout round by whoever, some club we haven't heard of right now. Um, although Ro- Jose Mourinho's Roma are in it, so actually you can guarantee now that is what will happen. Just like Arsenal were knocked out of the Europa League by Unai Emery's Villarreal, you can guarantee we will get knocked out of the Conference League uh, by Jose Mourinho's Roma. Um, but no, I think beforehand I think avoiding finishing avo- avoiding Conference League, I would have been willing to maybe finish below Arsenal. But I think actually in reality once. I saw the table. I'm happy to be in the Conference League if it means maintaining our league dominance over Arsenal and, you know, whatever, let's embrace it. Let's have fun with it and and let's see what happens. It might actually be a lot of fun. And to go back to what you said with Arteta and Arsenal, I mean, you said it would give you more time for Arteta to coach the players, but... Do you really want Arteta spending more time with those players? I mean, this has been his first full season. You finished eighth. It's been an historically bad season for you. Um, Are you happy with the fact that it looks like he's going to be staying in the job, particularly given the the managerial merry-go-round that seems to be happening at the moment?
1: Mm. Well, first off, I need to say, I mean, it'll be a real luxury if you... Can play Roma in that tournament but but I just wanted to name a few of the teams that are going into it obviously <laughs> just, just to sum up where Spurs are at in the world of football. Lappi Greta, Europa FC Trey Penne like the pastor These are great teams. St. Joseph's Moncalpe, Bala Town. I mean one's, one's called Honka, clubs. Honka Gagra FH. They can't even come up with a name <laughs> RFS
0: if if any fans of FH are listening to this, I apologise on Jason's behalf. In the, in the second
1: qualifying round, there are some good ones. There's Torpedo Zodino. very good. <laughs> uh, Duna Juska Strader, and then you get to the third qualifying round, and Paco Ferreira. I mean, these are these are world class outlets, <laughs> and then the best of the bunch, Union Berlin. So there you go.
0: Berlin, um, Union Berlin would be fun.
1: Very exciting. Um, so, yeah, on to, on to, uh, after my deflection, um, gives me time to think about what to say. I mean, you know you know, and I've said it a long time in this podcast. i've I've been our tetter out for quite a while this season. I think it's gone wrong. I think he's made a lot of mistakes. I don't think he is the solution to to our our, our problem of getting back to the promised land, whatever that actually is anymore. Um, however, I can sit here and cry about it and moan all day long. Or I can accept the reality that if he was going to be sacked, it would have been after the Villarreal game and that we're stuck with him and that it looks like they're making transfer plans. It looks like they're getting rid of some of the the bad eggs, um, playing-wise and character-wise. And, you know, I I still stick by my prediction that it's probably going to go wrong and by Christmas time we'll be knocking on the door of Rafa Benitez. Um, But I've got to get on board it and be optimistic because... Otherwise, I'm fighting a losing battle. I'm. I don't believe that my voice only is going to be what's going to get uh, get a change of manager. Probably far from it. I feel like the more resistance, the more the board actually think. Mm, you know what? Let's stick it out and see what happens. It um, might be right. Who knows? Who knows? But um, yeah. Speaking of managers, I mean, it's been a bit of a day for managerial talk, or a bit of a week. Um, I saw a, a spin-off on the, Craig David. Song, you know, where it's talking about da 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 Friday, Saturday, whatever it is. I don't know. it um, Another era. I mean, it was just a different manager name every every day. And and I don't know. I mean, I I when I turned on the TV earlier, I saw Pochettino, and they were talking about it on Talksport. And then when I was scrolling the Daily Mail just before, it said Conte. So I don't know what's going on. But you made you made quite a funny remark just before, and uh, I want to know where your heads at, I mean. In terms of managers, we've gone from, you know, thinking, oh, potentially we could we're going to get some dross um, to now sticking it out with with our guy. And, and you've gone probably from the same, but you've had the opposite effect despite your your conference league finish.
0: Yeah, I mean, m- my head is gone. I mean, I, I've been refreshing Twitter nonstop all day. Um, it's been an absolute whirlwind. Somebody worryingly, given how that turned out, compared it to the kind of transfer deadline day when we were being linked to Bruno Fernandes, Paulo Dybala and Fili- uh, Philippe Coutinho all at the same time. And obviously we ended up with none of them and got the Celso, which might be a cautionary tale for how this is going to work out. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Poch stuff, I mean, I'm almost hesitant to even really say too much because it probably by the time we've finished recording this and this goes out, people are listening. The story will have probably changed again. Cause as you said, every day it's a new name, a different twist. Um, obviously we recorded a whole episode about the Super League and then the next day that got scrapped so um, I'm kind of hesitant to go into it too much because obviously whenever we appoint a manager whoever that is I'm sure we're going to want to talk about it but yeah I mean just the the, the possibility of Poch coming back now that's been floated I I feel like it's going to be hard to recover from that in a way I never thought that would be on the cards obviously he's only just gone to PSG really But now that that seems like a possibility that there's been talks, I kind of feel sorry almost for whoever the new manager is, if it's not Pochettino, now that people think that that could have happened. um, Conte as well, obviously, was someone we didn't think was going to be on the market until only a few days ago. Um, You know, at the start of this process, we were were talking and thinking about people like Graham Potter and Scott Parker, uh, Roberto Martinez even, I mean, it was only a few days ago, Sky Sports was saying that he was in talks for the job. And now it almost seems like it's a choice between Prochettino and Antonio Conte. But then you've also got Real Madrid looking for a new manager. So that complicates things further. Uh, obviously, now there's talk of Allegri going back to Juventus. It just, um, yeah, I really don't know what to think. All I know is that it's pretty bad for my productivity. I hope nobody at work is listening to this. Um, I'm pretty bad. I mean, my I've just been completely distracted by it all day, just... What's going to happen next? Constantly refreshing and, my phone.
1: And what's what's your gut instincts? I mean, I I know listening to a lot of Spurs fans and and kind of doing a bit of an audit. I mean, it sounds. I think it's blind delusion and blind by that kind of lust or or, or that kind of uh, those goggles for the past, which we all have with ex-girlfriends, thinking might, what, what might have been. And, and you made a great point the other day. I I I pessimistically said uh, it's like an ex. You go back, and then all the same problems creep up and. You wish you would never gone back. And you said, what if they live happily ever after? But I think it, it's not like he's gone and been the most successful manager of all time and you have grown as a club. Actually, it's gotten worse. And I suppose probably the thinking behind it, if this if this isn't just um, a smokescreen, is that you your morale went to pieces when Mourinho came in. Ryan Mason was always a stopgap and and they need someone to bring the club back together. But I mean, what's going to change? He's probably going to lose one of his big players this summer. Um, Will he have the money? They really say doesn't have the attraction of Champions League football. He's got another rebuild project. And does he want to do another four years at Spurs, not winning it, winning anything, getting back to, I'm not sure they'll ever really get back to that level for a while where they were for that Champions League final. I mean, is he is he prepared to do that again? It just feels, it feels like if it doesn't go right for him the second time, and by right I mean a, a league title or a Champions League title, I think he'd be. I think his career would be finished. I also understand the other side that PSG. It's as he's won two domestic cups. It's pretty good to not win the league. Exceptional circumstances. Listen, we didn't sack every manager when they didn't win when Leicester won the league. Um, and the Champions League semi-final's good. I mean, what do you expect? PSG are good. They probably need a little bit more investment. They need a little bit of shoring up at the back. Um, and in midfield, you know, they have some good forwards. but And a keeper. They're not the perfect package. I, I'm quite shocked. And I, I personally think it's the wrong move. I think you've got to look forward. And, you know, for me, he wasn't a winner. And this is showing his time at PSG that he probably isn't that serial winner. Jamie O'Hara, our friend... On uh, Talksport, talking about how oh he's he's a, he's the best manager in the world, but the world hasn't seen it yet. I said, what sort of what are you talking about? That's like <laughs> your Ledley King argument. He was the best defender of all time, but he never showed it. It's like me saying I'm the best writer of all time, but never writing an article. I can think it, and people have seen some writing and think oh that's some good writing, but 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 you can't prove it. It's all it's all um, pointless claims um, with no substance. And for me. I just think the whole thing is overrated. He, he he was jammy. He got to the Champions League final jamily. He never won a trophy. Um, I don't believe he even took you that far league position-wise, maybe that one second place and then the third place in the two-horse race. I mean, I don't see it. But then again, I am biased, um, and you were a lot closer to it. But for me, it feels more out of sentiment than what is the strategic move and the right move. And once you lose trust, you know, that Daniel Levy pochettino trust and he could sling him out the way he did at that time i don't know why
0: pochettino would want to go back to be honest Um, yeah i mean there's a lot of different um things to consider here And, and like i said obviously it's just i mean it's pretty strong rumors coming from pretty well connected journalists right now but obviously this is all kind of hypothetical at this stage i still think probably the likeliest outcome is that he either stays at psg or if he does leave them maybe goes to Real Madrid I'm kind of trying as a kind of coping strategy not to get my hopes up too much so I don't get heartbroken but um, I think you're definitely right that this is a an emotional thing and and Tottenham I think for better and for worse are quite a romantic emotional club you often see a lot of people coming back I mean we saw that with Gareth Bale earlier this season Robbie Keane, Jermaine Defoe, Jürgen Klinsmann lots of players have, have come back in the past after leaving and I think You know, looking at this purely hypothetically, I can see how it would make sense from both sides in that we've heard from things in the press that basically the profile for our next manager, the type of manager we're looking for is, you know, they even use the term kind of Pochettino-esque. They're looking for kind of a Poch-esque manager. And, you know, why go for poch light when you can get the real thing if he's interested and wants to come back, right? So, So that's one thing. And I think... This is, if, if this is true, Levy admitting that he made a mistake in, I mean, to be honest, I think Spurs and, and Pochettino had, things had gone a bit stale. I think there did need to, need to be a change. I think there's an argument to be made that the bigger mistake was appointing Jose rather than sacking Pochettino. But I think really what Pochettino and Spurs needed at that time was a sabbatical rather than a sacking. I think it was a case where they each needed to you know take a break to maybe go back to using relationship uh, terminology um and i think time
1: even friends reunion there today
0: well exactly yeah um and i think given that it's only been what 18 months or so um it, it almost does fit if he if he were to come back that's a massive if um it almost would feel a bit like a sabbatical and i think you know from tom's perspective levy knows that he needs to get the fans back on side and he doesn't just need someone who can improve things on the pitch I think he needs someone who can improve things off the pitch as well we haven't spoken about this but obviously the the last home game of the season against Aston Villa the way the fans were treated from beginning to end was pretty disgraceful from the the 60 quid ticket prices the most expensive in the league they then get shoved right up at the top of the stadium so they're nowhere near the players there was pictures of undercooked burgers that were being served there was the the complete fiasco with the telling fans to stay behind because there'll be a lap of honor then telling them to leave because there isn't going to be one then some players coming like it was just a complete shambles and it was from what i could see from people who were there a real bad atmosphere and i think it's from what i've heard the season ticket renewals have been nowhere near what they hope and i think he knows he needs a big gesture almost and someone who can bring the club and the fan base back together and Pochettino was that big unifier and we've compared what's going on at the moment and the job that needs to be done to that that kind of AVB Tim Sherwood season when then Pochettino came in and I guess the thinking is look here's a guy who if he does want to come back we know we trust you know it's it's Levy admitting he, he got it wrong and making a big gesture to try and get the fans back on side and from Pochettino's perspective it sounds like again from the rumors that we've heard that he hasn't really settled at PSG. I always thought, I know he played for PSG back in the day, but I always thought a club like PSG wouldn't be a great fit for him based on what he was like at Spurs. He's not really one for kind of all the behind the scenes politics and the player power. And I, I I can imagine it wouldn't, it doesn't surprise me if he finds PSG a bit difficult and um, supposedly his, his wife and his son still live in London and I, it wouldn't, and, you know, if he comes back to Spurs, somewhere where he knows he'll be loved, and where he he probably thinks looks at this and thinks, I have huge leverage now over Levy. If Levy's coming back to me, begging me to come back, I could make such you know big. He he could get a position of power here now at Spurs that he wouldn't be able to get at any other club. And it is in a way, I think, a different pitch to Pochettino now than what it was before. When he first came to Spurs back in 2014, it was can you get us into the Champions League by the time we move into the new stadium? And he massively was ahead of schedule on that. I mean, we, we weren't just in the Champions League by the time we got to the new stadium. We were Champions League finalists. And I think the big kind of tension the first time round was that he was almost outpacing the club. He was achieving things faster than the club could keep up with him. Because just as it got to the point where maybe we were one or two signings off from really competing, we were then at Wembley for a season and a half and didn't sign anyone for two transfer windows and it all kind of got a bit disrupted. Whereas now he's had a bit of a break, a bit of a rest from Spurs and he can come back where the new stadium's built now. And once fans are back in, it'll be making more money. And it, it's a different pitch to him. It's a different project. It's, you know, you, you don't have to put up with all the stadium nonsense anymore. We're going to get the money coming in from the stadium once the naming rights deals in, once COVID's over, you know, once fans are back in and we're going to back you this time and give you what you want this time. And the push now is you to lead us to, to go on to that next level. And I think from the club's perspective, they think who better to do it than than Poch. And from his perspective, he's probably thinking I can I can go somewhere where I'm loved, where I'll have the power and where I can can finish what I started. Because, I, you know, he always said that he thought he yeah, had unfinished business at Spurs and he'd like to come back. I don't think anyone thought it could be on the cards this soon. If it doesn't happen now, it still wouldn't surprise me if it happened a few years down the road. So I can see why it would appeal from both sides, whether or not it's the right idea, as you said, whether or not it will just all end in tears again. Only time will tell if it does happen. But I know I know for sure why Levy would want him back. And if Pochettino were to come back, it would encourage me because I feel like he would only come back if he knew that things were going to be different. Yeah. So That's
1: interesting because you mentioned power few times and and it's something we at Arsenal have been been struggling with you know Wenger had a stranglehold on the club and and that power backfired because it meant that things couldn't change for the better and keep up with the times and and we've seen it with Arteta as well that last year when he was head coach we won an FA Cup and we were improving when he was given this bizarre promotion after winning the cup to kind of being a manager and running the show and the tran helping out with the transfers and everything um look at what's happened so there's actually a bit of a power struggle. You know, all of our, the clubs talk about getting a director of football in. And, you know, for one reason or another, it hasn't quite worked out with Edu in terms of that vision. And so I wonder whether, is that a good thing? You know, maybe, maybe Pochettino needs to work with someone. And that's why, you know, there are the links with Ralph Regnick for Spurs as well. Just someone to, to keep him in check. You know, I think these managers, that what they're good at, listen, they were ex-players. They know how to improve players. That is... That is their thing, their fundamental, how to get their team to play. When they start working on the business side of things, that's where I think it complicates things. And I wonder whether you you seriously want someone to have that that stranglehold, because, again, it's like, when do you ever move on, essentially? When do you accept the past of the past?
0: No, it's a good point. And I think think what I mean by power is probably more, at least, this is what I hope would happen if he were to come back: is that there would be assurances from Levy that rather than, you know, because supposedly Potch really wanted Jack Grealish, right? And Levy messed about with the deal, didn't offer enough, and and we and we missed out. And I just wonder whether if Potch was coming back, he would get assurances from Levy that you know this time round he he will just back in that little bit more in the transfer market to to get those players he wants rather than ending up with cheap alternatives who are nowhere near as good and who end up costing us more money in the long run because then we get rid of them and and, and sell them for a loss and then end up having to go out and buy more players. That's kind of what I I mean, I do think that our best signings while Pochettino was at the club was when we had a director of football with Paul Mitchell. And I still think even with Poch back, if there's a director of football who he would work with, I mean, supposedly part of the the problem at PSG as well is that he's not getting on with the director of football there. So I think it is an interesting question. Certainly one thing you, you could question Pochettino on sometimes was his judgment of players. Because supposedly the club offered him Tielemans on multiple occasions. He turned him down. And, and we all saw what Tielemans did in the FA Cup final. right? So obviously Poch has his, his flaws as well. And I think as, as well as the club maybe having to change for Poch at, at the same side, you know, Pochettino, I'm sure, will have reflected and learnt lessons from what went wrong at the end at Spurs. I'm sure he will have learned things from PSG. And there'll be things that I think fans would want Pochettino to do a little bit differently this time as well. Maybe take the domestic cups a little bit more seriously, maybe not always wait till the 70th minute to make a substitution, you know. So I'm sure there's things on both sides where you would hope that they would come to this a little bit wiser bit more experienced with with that awareness of what went wrong last time and and that you know as much as it could be a, a a bad thing having that baggage and that history it could also be a positive as well because that's one advantage Pochettino theoretically has over other candidates is that he can come in and, and almost immediately hit the ground running and he has that awareness he's worked with a lot of these players before whereas other managers coming in you're kind of going through that that process again of them having to figure out the club and and learn how everything works and who people are and, you know, judge the players for themselves. Whereas Pochettino, I'm sure, will have been keeping a close eye on Spurs anyway since he left. And he can come in and almost immediately say to Levy, right, here's what we need to do. Get rid of these guys. Let's do this. Let's do that. There's not that kind of transition period to the club or to the league or to the country that you might get with some of the other managers. So I think, you know, obviously there are uh, potential pros or cons, but I just feel like, yeah, obviously, emotionally, there's a huge connection there. But I, I do also feel logically, I know there's a whole Antonio Conte thing floating about. But like I said, if if, if you're looking for a Poch-esque person, mm. why not just get Poch if, if he's keen for it? And no one knows the club better. And maybe, I know it sounds, you know, when you hear people say something like this, you think they're being a bit deluded. But maybe this time will be different, you know. <laughs> maybe he can.
1: Maybe
0: change, team, yeah. Maybe he can finish what he started, and maybe the club will do things differently. Um, I just feel like, I mean, the other thing as well is obviously Antonio Conte's name's flirting about, and again, maybe going to Real Madrid instead. But if you compare the two of them, and, and the reason, an argument I, I think Pochettino's favor is, is you go back to the the sixteen seventeen season when us and Chelsea were going for the title, and we finished behind Chelsea, but but that season, and I would argue that was the peak. That was our peak Pochettino Tottenham, second in the league, 86 points, highest ever Premier League points total and finish. Chelsea finished ahead of us, but we actually scored more goals than them that season and conceded fewer. And Chelsea, let's not forget, didn't have any European football that year and uh, had signed N'Golo Kante in the summer. Right. Conte came in. And yeah, there are parallels between where Chelsea were when Conte came in and where we are now if he was to come in. But that Chelsea side had won a title the season before last. He went out and signed N'Golo Kante. They had no European football distractions. I think it's far more likely that Pochettino, after a couple of years, is able to take Tottenham back to where we were in that 16-17 season, more so than Conte could take Spurs to where he had Chelsea in that 16-17 season. Because I think Conte, as much as I think he's one of the best managers in the world, and part of me would be very excited if he came in, I think... And even though I think he's a very different manager to Mourinho, I think similarly to Mourinho, he needs a certain level of spending. And I feel like even if there was short-term success, it would all end in tears within a couple of years. And then you'd be wanting a poch manager again anyway. Whereas Pochettino, I think, is more long-term, more sustainable, and is able, I think, he's proven that within the constraints that Spurs have in not being able to compete with certain giant clubs, certain players, has shown that within that environment, he can get Spurs to that level and I would sooner back Potch to get us back there than I would Conte given the the differences in in their character and and their spending and and past experience but I mean who knows tomorrow we could wake up and and Scott Parker is announced on a seven-year contract I mean everything is changing so fast
1: yeah I mean it's it's very um it's hard to know what is what is real and what's not i mean I, I feel like there's no smoke without fire and there wouldn't be a sky sports announcement talking about talks if it wasn't something serious and in my mind when they start doing that it's kind of a done deal And i suppose i don't know it's a nice luxury for you to have really you know to be deciding between all these big managers um if that is the truth i mean you know it's a bit different to us if we're linked with a manager we know well we've got to set the first one you have a you have a blank seat there's a, there's a seat ready and warm ready to take for a for a club that's in the Premier League and, and has some good players but yeah I think there's so much going on around Spurs as well as we saw in the final day of the season you know the emotion from Harry Kane uh, the bail goals showing you know has he still got it question marks over your keeper over your defense I mean it's a it's a big summer for you guys
0: it is and, and as you said with, with the story coming out part the only part of me that well, one of the things that makes me think this could actually happen is that I don't think they would want this story coming out unless it was really close to happening. Because as I said earlier, now that you've you've put this idea out there, I think it's going to be very hard for Tottenham if they end up not hiring Pochettino, because the new guy will almost instantly be kind of undermined in the eyes of the fans because they know what might have been. And as soon as, you know, things go wrong, there's a bad run of form you know everyone would be saying, oh, if only we'd got Poch. And I mean, for Levy to be, be admitting basically the mistake of sacking Poch by trying to get him again, the only thing more embarrassing than that is then failing in your attempts to get him back, you know, admitting in this public way that you made the biggest mistake of your career or your your time running this club and trying to fix it and then failing in that as well. And for Pochettino as well, if he ends up staying at PSG after all of this, after supposedly talks with us, it undermines his position there so I feel for both sides it almost needs to happen now that the story has come out because you've given everyone kind of hope on one side at Spurs and maybe even some discontent in, in, at, at PSG speaking yeah. of managers though oh sorry did you want to say something
1: no I, I just was going to say I, I don't think it's like one of those stories that they put out the press office to test whether the sentiment is there because of course the sentiment would be there with Spurs
0: yeah, I, I think I'm just scared of jinxing it because I, I'm i just still... I, I just... It, yeah, I don't know. I'm all over the place. Too
1: much for a Wednesday afternoon.
0: Yeah, but speaking of managers, last night was the Europa League final and I have to ask you about this because Unai Emery has gone and won the Europa League again with Villarreal and surely there's got to be some small part of you that regrets sacking him because, I mean, sh- I, I'm convinced that maybe you disagree but if Unai Emery was still at Arsenal I am sure he would have won you a Europa League by now either last season or this season and can you really say after one full season with Arteta finishing eighth and and winning I know you won the FA Cup last year but winning no trophies this year going out to Emery's Villarreal can you really say you're any better off for having sacked him and did you not watch that final and think that should have been us
1: um
0: I'm mixed about
1: this because I think it was it was such travesty at the time under Emery, the way we were playing and the way we bottled it when we were in firm top four and, and that final, and it was the English language and the culture and all the players walking all over him. I think it was a disaster, and he had to go, and he wasn't right for the club. It's not a coincidence. The two clubs he's done the best at, the Spanish clubs, where the man speaks Spanish and clearly is able to get his team playing. Um but, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's unbelievable. He's won four of them. And in the fifth one, he, he got destroyed with us. Um, but the truth is, when you look at it, you think, well, he got us to a final. So that's pretty impressive. It's an impressive record. Listen, now, we can speculate all you want. I can't tell you whether um, he would have won us one of those. But would we have done better? I mean, maybe because of his experience. But we started that season after badly as well. I I think it was much of muchness. I think it runs much deeper than the manager at the club. I think there is so much, I think there's still that legacy from Wenger. You know, you still had those players who were link, who, were, who were lingering on, the Kalasanaches and the Urzals and Mustafis. And I can't remember if Socrates, I think it might he might have been a um, Emery signing. Um, even a Bamiang, is Wenger heritage and Lacazette. I mean, I think once that's gone, and we can start bringing in the right characters and the structure of the club is better than in that case it, it, it might not almost matter who the manager is if you get the right caliber um i, I i'm happy for him because i think he got a hard rap including from me and you know you've got to think good for the guy he worked hard i love that he beat united because we don't want another english club winning those trophies and and I don't think Oli's going to last long, um, in my opinion, still. The United Pundits still aren't happy. Um, and That's their friend they're talking about. Um, and I feel like Sir Alex going there is very undermining. I know the sentiment, but can you imagine? I mean, you're always going to be in Fergie's shadow. And I, I was saying this to this friend the other day, like, people say, oh, why doesn't Wenger go back to Arsenal? But when Wenger left, bringing him on the board, we were a loser club. And bringing that losing mentality is not good. When Fergie left, he'd left on a winning streak. So having him around, he still has that winning aura and those great ideas. Um, go, go back to this topic on Unai. You know, you can even see the respect. Uh, Fergie shook his hand and he's always in those UEFA manager conferences. He's clearly, he's clearly a good manager. He's clearly at that top level. But the style, you know, they weren't great yesterday in terms of style of it around. They're not very exciting to watch. Um, and I think Arsenal have the identity that we want to play well. Um, I do agree it's all about winning, but we want to have that style. And he didn't have it. And, you know, it could have easily gone the other way. You know, De Gea's ball slips through and they go back to the start. You know, it's a penalty shootout at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, you can't deny that he's, he's a good manager. Um, it's embarrassing for us. Um, humiliating, actually, and embarrassing for the board. But it is what it is. And I still think we're going to be better off long-term for sacking him um even if the short term hurts a little
0: interesting and looking back at this season just gone uh, i'm curious to know who your arsenal player of the year is if mm-hmm. you have one and then who your overall premier league player of the year is oh wow so
1: arsenal player i mean they really haven't covered themselves in glory have they i think you know the final two have got to be smith I would say Smith-Rowe, Emil Smith-Rowe because when him getting into that lineup against Chelsea when everyone was injured, that he was going to be sacked Arteta. I mean, that was it. And he came in and he changed the game. He gave us the creativity we hadn't had since Ozil, Um And he saved, I mean, saying that he saved our season, he probably saved us from relegation, to be honest. Um, and now we've got a ready-made number 10 with a bit more potential and, and, and time on the pitch. I think he's He's going to be in england squad anytime soon so yeah for sure smith row for me um you know Tinney was amazing and sacco gets an honorable mention and lacazette for some of his goals but and, and pepe's been good but no for me smith row defines the season that yes it was absolute rubbish he's not rubbish but there was there were there were silver linings at the end of it and and he was one of those gems um in terms of premier league now we've had a chat about this because you know stats don't lie Harry Kane by a mile, you know, goals and assists is really impressive. But for me, you know, you've got to think about what he's contributing to. And he's contributed to nothing. So in my eyes, you give it to a City player. I think it was Carragher, maybe, who said about Gundogan. And, you know, at that core moment in time, he drove them to that title. He got them. He got them there. So and Diaz, I mean, you kind of look at Diaz and Stone's Cancelo, even, you could probably give an argument to. Um, De Bruyne seems to run completely quiet this year. I, I heard someone gave him the award. I thought that was a bit odd. Um, I mean, for me, it's it, it's there's no standout for me this year. There's no standout player of the year. I think, I think there are two players of the year. There is the player of the year with contribution to the team, which I think is more important. And in that case, I think you give it to Gundogan. Um, and if you're talking about just pure player what they've done, what they've contributed. I mean, we're biased to attackers, but yeah, you can't look past Harry Kane. And, and spinning the question um, for you, I'm sure Harry Kane will come up for probably both those answers.
0: I was going to say, yeah, for, for me, Harry Kane for both of them. And, and for the reasons you said, I mean, top of the charts for goals and assists, I feel like case closed in a way. But, but to address your point about can you separate the player from the team? For me, I feel like with player of the year, you can judge players based on that, you know, individually because it, it, it's player of the year, it's not team of the year. And I get that there is this tendency to think that the player of the year should come from the title winning side, and in many seasons they do. But I feel, if anything, it makes what Harry Kane's achieved this season all the more impressive that he did it for a Spurs side that finished seventh, that ended up sacking their manager, that was managed by a 29 year old for the last few weeks of the season, that played. Defensive football for for most of the year, you know, not great football under Mourinho, and yet Kane was putting up these numbers. I feel like no player was more important, more influential to their team this season. Than Harry Kane was. I mean, if you take Kane out of Spurs, and I know you could see this as a criticism of Spurs, but if you're looking just at Harry Kane, you take him out of of us this season, you know, we're probably in a relegation battle. I feel like and we've seen with City. You could take any of those players out of the the first team and they'll be fine you know De Bruyne was out injured for a long period of the season when he came back Gundogan kind of went quiet again you know Diaz and Stones like you said I feel like they're all interchangeable at City which is a testament to the the strength of the squad that they've built which you can do when you've got that money but for me it makes the players on an individual basis a little bit less impressive for me Kane I feel like we wouldn't even be It wouldn't even be a a debate almost if it was any other player at any other club. You you, you top the charts for goals and assists. It shows your overall impact. I think it's one of his best individual seasons ever. Yeah, I wish it was uh, in service of a a league title or even an FA Cup or something like that. But looking on a purely individual basis, I don't think any player uh, has been more influential for their team or or put up better numbers than Harry Kane.
1: Speaking of Harry Kane... And it's kind of going back to that Pochettino thing. Do you think even if Daniel Levy said, listen, Poch, I'm selling Kane. I'm going to give you 120 million in your account. Do you, think, do you think he'd be all right with that? I mean, do you think that could be a... I mean, a lot of people are saying, oh, he's going to convince him to stay. But do you think that side of the deal could work out for everyone?
0: Well, yeah, that is the other the thing about it. And actually, I think this is the first time we've spoke since Harry Kane's... Uh interview with Gary Neville um, and and all this news coming out it's interesting because I could see it going either way with um, how a potential Pochettino appointment affects Kane I mean primarily I I feel like Kane wants to go regardless I feel like you you don't go out and do the stuff that he's done so far unless you're really set on leaving Um, but then on the flip side I, I read someone on Twitter say You know, do you not think that that Pochettino wouldn't have had a kind of a conversation on the down low with Harry Kane about this before coming back? Mm. Uh, Because there's been rumours about them being in touch already about how him, you know, him calling up Kane to find out what his plans were if Spurs didn't qualify for the Champions League. And you kind of, you get the suspicion that him and Pochettino are still in contact. So, I don't know, maybe Pochettino coming back does make Kane think twice. I mean, Maybe Conte coming in makes Kane think twice. I don't know. I mean, my instinct is that Kane wants to go regardless, um, but that certainly having Pochettino would maybe make him feel a little bit better about having to stay at Spurs for another year if it didn't happen. Um, and on the, the flip side with Poch, kind of going back to what I said earlier about almost trusting him more than a, a Conte type, definitely if we were to lose Harry Kane and get all of that money, I don't think there's anyone we trust more than Pochettino to rebuild the team post Harry Kane, where they almost feel like if you hire Antonio Conte and then sell Harry Kane, Conte probably quits in a in a strop because you've sold Harry Kane. Even although who knows, maybe he can then convince Lukaku to come and join him from Inter Milan as a very nice a Kane but, replacement.
1: But the Spurs fans accept that if if that's the price you have to pay for Pochettino. I mean if I gave you the choice now Harry Kane or Pochettino, would you pick Harry Kane
0: every day of the week? It's a good point. Again, to, to mention what I saw someone on Twitter say earlier, they said, oh, um, Poch isn't coming to make Kane stay. He's coming because Kane's leaving. It, like, even more, it's the Levy PR thing, right? We're losing Kane, but I'll get the fans back on side by bringing back Pochettino. Yeah. Um, I don't this know. I probably mean,
1: gonna be, it's probably going to be Clinton yeah. on the last day of the transfer, though.
0: No, it will be. It will be. It will be Klinsman coming in as manager, and then we'll get Christian Benteke on a free on deadline day. Sam um assistant manager. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I mean, I've said this to you, and I kind of hinted at it last time we spoke after the cup final. I'm very much of the opinion if, if Kane wants to go and we get a hundred plus million bid for him, then sell him and go out and buy. If, personally, if it was me in charge, I'd then go out and use that money to buy Jack Grealish and Danny Ings or Lukaku like just players who are Premier League proven who can come in and hit the ground running because you're going to need players who can do that you know it's going to be enough of a transition already just go and pay the top dollar for the players who can do the business Mm -hmm. none of this kind of taking a gamble on on players who you know don't know the league or you know have maybe one I've always thought if we ever had to replace Harry Kane not only would you want to buy multiple players to plug not just the goals, but the assists, but you'd also, it's interesting because he left behind um, in, a, in a sign, which I think shows that he thinks he's going. He left behind kind of like a signed shirt for Dane Scarlett. that mm-hmm. he posed, And it was almost like a kind of, you know, passing of the torch moment. And I kind of feel like Spurs will have in their head a long-term replacement for Harry Kane. Someone like Dane Scarlett coming to the academy who they think all being well, you're really a Harry Kane replacement, but you don't want to put that pressure on them too soon to start with. So you bring in a kind of older, more experienced, big name striker, kind of like what United had done with Cavani, mm. who has the character to handle following in Harry Kane's footsteps, to give that younger striker the time to develop and come through and then actually be a long-term replacement. I feel like that's what we should do if we were being kind of smart about it rather than just, going out and signing one striker of a kind of young age even though I'd quite like I don't know an Ollie Watkins for example Hmm. if you just sign Ollie Watkins and say right here's the Harry Kane replacement I feel like you're setting him up for failure to start with whereas if you this is kind of a a weird comparison but I remember um was it Quentin Tarantino or Robert Rodriguez one director who'd asked the other about advice to they'd made an incredible debut film and it's like you know how do you follow it up the pressure of you know it's kind of like that difficult second album and I can't remember if it was Robert Rodriguez saying Mr Tarantino or the other way around I think it was Robert Rodriguez saying Mr Tarantino but he basically said you know do so many different things that nobody knows what your follow-up actually is so you know do this tv show do this film do this thing and then nobody can say oh that was a disappointment because they don't know what the next thing is and I feel that's what you got to do with Kane sign a few players who are all the Kane replacement and then that way it takes pressure off that being said that's Bale. basically what we did with Gareth Bale, and that that didn't turn out well. So, who knows? Maybe in, in ten years' time, or five years' time, Harry Kane will be coming back on loan, and Kane will be the Kane replacement, just like Bales ended up basically being the Bale replacement.
1: Well, that's the thing, and it's interesting. There isn't much talk about the ins at the moment at Tottenham, and and at Arsenal, it's 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 more. You know, it's a bit of both as well. I mean, we there's Buendia, there's lots of talk, and uh, Tarek Lamptey, there was a bit of talk, and uh, Ryan Bertrand as well oddly, um, although I think he might be going to Leicester in the end. So it's going to make an interesting transfer window. I mean, I don't. I think there's going to be big, big changes in both our clubs. I mean, it, it has to be. And I think it will make next season very exciting for us. I think we'll, uh, we'll have a lot to talk about, even even at the start. I mean, you know, it's going to be an early start for us because of your August playoff. So there'll be lots to talk about. and Yeah, I think for me, it's quite nice going into Euros where I can just forget about Arsenal for a bit, just attach and, and just enjoy... You know, it, it pains me to celebrate Harry Kane goals, but just enjoy football for all its rawness and all that passion and just, you know, all out win. You know, th- there is nothing better. Um, whether or not that will happen or not, I don't know. But kind of interesting as well. Only one Spurs player and one Arsenal player in that preliminary squad. I mean, how the, the mighty have fallen.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, and, and I don't think you could really argue that, that, that that's unfair. I don't think any of the other Spurs... and. I'm sure the likes of Delhi and Dyer and Winks, given that, are probably desperate for Poch to be back because under him, they were England regulars and maybe they think he can he can get them back there for the, the World Cup next year, which feels weird to, to say. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, I feel like the Tottenham are just going to stalk me all summer because there's the manager thing and then there's the Kane transfer saga and no doubt whatever happens at the Euros is going to mm. play into that. So hopefully the euros can be a nice distraction speaking of the euros uh probably for our next show we will do a big euros preview maybe we'll finally have a a Tottenham manager to talk about then as well Uh, but we will predict from beginning to end the entire euros yes as well come come here if you want to find out who's going to win the euros um and yeah i'm sure we'll have plenty of uh plenty of stuff to talk about over the Euros, whether or not um I mean, I'm sure Harry Kane will make the final squad once it's a little down. Maybe Saka, maybe not. I'm not
1: but... sure. Saka's very versatile, so I wonder. But then you look at those 33, and I'm thinking cutting seven is very hard. Someone big is going to miss out. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, you
0: know, everyone him talks him. about Trent, but...
1: Yeah. The fact that Bamford didn't get in was unbelievable. I mean, he's been so good. I think it's something, it's something about the glamour, isn't it? I mean, didn't Leeds finish above Vidar as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would have Bielsa as well, I think, as manager of the year. I mean, mm. that squad, I think, under any other manager, probably is fighting relegation, maybe goes back to the championship. Yeah. But the way they've, the football they've played, how well they've done, yeah, definitely Bamford deserves to be there.
1: Yeah, it's a shame. But you know what? In, in Gareth we trust. He said one, your friend Gareth, he's had one, uh, one tournament. He's got us to a semi-final. So we can't pass judgment until probably we see him this summer and see what happens
0: yeah and gareth we trusts um maybe in potch we trust um and we shall see what happens with the tottenham manager hunt and with the euros we'll be back jason do you have any uh parting words
1: i mean today it's all it's all about potch at the end of the day let's see his uh, all roads lead to
0: potch all roads lead to potch well <laughs> i'll upload this with with that as a title And then the minute it goes up, it will come out. Pochettino to stay at PSG, confirmed. Conte to Real Madrid. Spurs (laughs) sign Graham Potter on a five-year contract. Potter...